Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash deconversion. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This is Deconversion Therapy. This is Karen. This is Bonnie. And I have a bit of a stopped up um, sounding voice. I can tell as I speak louder here because I'm just getting over something or maybe I'm going into phase three of it. I don't know. Maybe you sound like that all the time and no one ever tells you. Except... (laughs) Why? Why? Um, why would you say something hateful like that? <laughs> I never say anything mean. So why would you do it back? So uh, that's always what I feel when I hear my voice. I'm like, oh my gosh, so much nasal. Well, I'm hearing a lot in my head, and I don't know if it's because I've moved out of the closet area into the bedroom area because I think I need to be closer to the Wi-Fi modem. So that audio is better for everyone. But if it's worse, just blame it on, I don't know. The rain. Yep. The boogie. And all that. And Putin. All right. So we met when we were one year old. Oh, yes. I hear you, Mr. Twitter man who got after me (laughs) for saying one years old. (laughs) And I haven't forgotten it. And that's why I replied to you very ungrammatically because I was annoyed at myself. And I'm I'm not going to tell you what I do for a living because then everything comes crumbling down. But But what he he doesn't know is it was actually one and a half years old. That's right. And I was rounding up. You're rounding. Yep. Any hoodly, we've known each other since we... Both owned one year and a bit. <laughs> anyway, we've known each other all through our um, going to church days, going to church school, uh, going on to everything else in life, in college, Baptist college. I became a missionary. And then we've stayed friends and we both have deconstructed is the fancy term for that. Although not all our listeners have, but we happen to have, and we just like to talk about all the funny days and interesting memories. And you're going to hear some of those, especially next week on our special Halloween edition. (laughs) But so far we're really getting to, communicate with everyone best on Instagram where everyone's showing such love. Please find us on Instagram. We're having a great time there. And then we have our secret uh, little hidey hole on Facebook. Look up deconversion therapy and answer the questions and we will give you the key. To that that the door. group is where you go when you're going home for a visit. And you can tell us what's happening when your parents uh, hassle you about about how you live your life. I was going to say the social media places all have like this different social dynamic. So Instagram is just... A lot of people are Christians and ex-evangelical who are still Christian and atheists all on there. In our Facebook group, it seems to attract more the deconstructed, got out of religion, um, and have a little biting edge to it. Right. And then on Twitter, it seems that we're friends mostly and interact with people who also run podcasts. Or want to correct your grammar. So I'm getting over the flu, and I'm sure it's God's or Satan's punishment or possibly germs. But uh, 
yeah, we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday night at the 11th hour. So whatever you get, you get, unfortunately, (laughs) you know, the flu shot that's speaking of harassing. That's what my mom harasses me every year. Did you get a flu shot? Are you going to get a flu shot? Did you get a flu shot? And I figured out if you just tell her, yes, she stops. You don't have to get the flu shot. You just figured this out that you could do. I could have (laughs) helped you so much. Well, I get it every year, and this one just beat me by a week. I seriously get it near the end of October. You think it works? Yeah, yeah. I never get the flu, and Mm. I didn't get it early this year, and there you go. Hmm, Maybe. So it's just, I'm finally up and around, but I will tell you. (laughs) Tell them you, you changed rooms today. I did. After five days, I exited (laughs) the bedroom because I'm very into quarantining and not getting anyone else sick. Left the bedroom and then loafed on the couch in the living room. (laughs) Nice. But during this time, I have been watching binging murder shows, which I do anyway, so it's no nothing different. And there are so many um, terrible murders that go really? on <laughs> and that have like a Christian atmosphere to them. And I was watching one and it was just, it's terrible and it's sad and, you know, the girl gets killed by her husband and they're young and all that. Mm. But the, the mother is like, Oh, you know, she loved God and I knew God gave her to me. I knew she was going to do great things. And God told me this, you know, and you're just looking at the obvious, like, um, she got killed. Um, but it showed footage of her getting baptized in a pool and the pastor's voice was, it's amazing. It's just like every TV reporter, you Mm -hmm. know how they all have that same countenance and voice that they have practiced. It is the exact same thing. And it's just I've, you know, honey, I've gotten to watch you grow up and I'll tell you what, you've been a blessing to me. Now I'm going to take your confession for, you know, and it's confession. same ugh, sound and it, it triggered me. The murder didn't, that did. Yeah. There absolutely has to be a class on public speaking at seminary. I know, I know there is, but even people who don't go there, there must just be like, oh, this is, this is how we should sound. I don't know. But yeah, I've, I've watched a lot. Maybe they're mimicking the ones they want to be like. Yep. Like sometimes I will talk like John Mulaney. Oh, go ahead. Do it. I just did it. But (laughs) obviously, (laughs) but when I do it, you don't notice because most people don't think that I'm imitating somebody correct in my in my work life I'll give I'll give like sentences and sentences of information and be like you guys didn't realize I was just doing <laughs> you've done that all your life because you know. would just like turn into a different character and I'd be like she's off where where's which what is she doing <laughs> there there was one night or afternoon, I don't know, when back at our dormitory at the Baptist College, they had a payphone in the hallway because we didn't have phones in the rooms, and we certainly didn't have cell phones. So one time I answered the phone, and somebody thought it was you, and I kept talking, pretending to be you, and they just had a conversation with me as though it was you. And that is how Karen failed out of college. (laughs) Well, we later can just tell people about our college days and some of the things we did because, um, yeah, I had some, had some memories the other day, but just of our stupidness when we were both freshmen, because when we actually went to a public high school and we didn't hang around each other as much. And then when we 
found out we were going to go to the same Baptist college, we went and shopped together for comforters that would match. We did? <laughs> yes. We went to Jordan Marsh. We both oh picked God. out Dusty Rose. I was going to say, were they purple? Comforters. <laughs> they were. Love. Yep. And I'm sorry. According to my mom, that was a mauve. <laughs> picked out mauve ones that have like that shininess on the top and like the asbestos on the bottom. <laughs> Remember that, how it's like scratchy feeling. And if you had a snag in your nail, right. <laughs> underside, it's like batting was the underneath of it. It was bad. Yep. But, I remember and that. then you put what? a, um, like a teen beat cutout <laughs> of Tom Cruise. <laughs> It was okay back then. It was very okay. And, you know, some girl comes in. She's like, is that your boyfriend? And you're like, yeah. (laughs) And we loved it because we're like, she's so dumb. (laughs) Yes, I happen to have a picture of my boyfriend who looks 25. Yes, there's an airplane that says Top Gun on the back. But. Yeah, that's my boyfriend. Aww. And then we got a piece of styrofoam and colored it and signed it Picasso. And someone asked, is that Picasso? Oh, my gosh. Well, but here's, um, here is a sneak uh, for next week. We can't forget to talk about trick-or-treating in college. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. That, that, that came together. Yeah, it did. Yeah. That was a good one. It's the last time I <laughs> with my own bucket. I think I went with uh, a child one time. I know you did, but I don't have kids, so I think oh. I tagged along. Oh, I was, <laughs> did you know? <laughs> Followed a child one time. Just grabbed one. That's what happens. Um, which, if we can't record till this weekend, people will have time from when they listen to this. They can quickly jot down Ooh. their craziest, strangest belief that they were taught about Halloween growing up, or the funniest, most entertaining story that branches out of. Halloween and religion from growing up and send it to us before we record and we'll probably use it. I'll tell you what mine is. I'm kidding. (laughs) Cause I know you wanted to go. No, next episode. Exactly. Don't give the people. I will edit it out. Um, All right. So I did all my speaking for the whole episode. So you get to take it away. All right. So this week we are. So this week. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. So this week in podcast news, Megan Phelps Roper just released her book. And she has written a book called Unfollow. And Karen has read it. But I like to say she paid someone to read it to her. Because <laughs> because you got it on Audible, right? Yes, I did. Audible. <laughs> Slash deconversion. Um, yes. And actually, Megan, who you need to say who that is, Megan Phelps Roper, um, is the reader of it. So Oh, she actually that reads was, it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. I love it when that happens. Yes. yes. Um, so Megan tells about her experience growing up in and then leaving the Westboro Baptist Church, which is similar, and even she'll say this, as it's it's similar to leaving her entire family. Because one thing, most of the members of the church are her actual blood relatives. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like leaving Scientology or Latter-day Saints in that they shun you if you yeah. leave the church. Mm-hmm. So it's a big to-do. It's not like us if we just stayed home one Sunday and never showed up again. If you saw them in the grocery store, they would say, you know, oh, what's up? 
but <laughs> this apparently wouldn't happen if if you go to the Westboro Baptist Church. Um, and uh, just as a side note, I would pay for that sometimes. For people to, be, to keep walking by you? Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> to not do the stop and chat. I know. Um, and the worst is when you see, like, like a good friend in the grocery store who you see all the time. You're like, do we have to go through this? Right, right. And I would go through this if it was somebody who I don't see that often, but I just left you a couple hours ago. Yeah, I would anyway. just throw up a peace sign and keep walking. <laughs> well, Westboro, for people that aren't being triggered by that word, they're the ones that we all love to hate. They're the ones who you saw and see picketing, funerals, picketing, anything that says God hates fags. Um, Those are the, that's what their signs say. Correct. Uh, you know, God sent the IEDs, anything that is disgusting and hateful. And especially if it's like a, a, a celebration or something that is very meaningful, they show up and try and ruin it. Yeah. They'll, they'll pick at the funerals of soldiers. Right. Because, uh, and don't, okay. First of all, the sign to say God hates fags, isn't that kind of a dumb, ignorant way to phrase it? Because why would you want to insult somebody who you're trying to s- convince to stop doing something? I'm going to insult you and put you on the defense. Right. We'll get into what she said in her book, which it totally changed my way. Like, I've been wanting to do Westboro Baptist for a while. We researched it. We're like, okay, we're going to do this. And then other episodes got in the way, and we're coming back to it now. But it's but, good timing because her book is is very insightful. It It changed the way I really think of everything, which happens a lot whenever – you know, same with if you're homophobic and you talk to someone who is gay, you know, I things know. start to change for you. And so I am not as, you know, fuck them as I was before. And right. so if you keep listening to this episode, you'll see why some people are like, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. But um, yeah, they're still horrible and doing something terrible, but the psychology of it is a lot deeper than I realized. Oh, good. Maybe you'll talk about that more because I think I have it nailed down. I can't, I am done talking for this episode. Good. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) so Westboro, the history of Westboro. Um, And where did we take this? Probably Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a church known for its inflammatory hate speech and in particular against LGBT people. Here we go. This is the list of people they hate Catholics, <laughs> Orthodox Christians, atheists, Muslims, Jews, and U.S. soldiers and politicians. So yeah. You a know, lot of people... They're on my list, too. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so now they're afraid. Um, actually, they should be. Because um, I think your followers are probably um, a lot more in number. So a lot of people do describe them as a hate group. And their church is monitored by the Anti-Defamation League and the Southern Poverty Law Center. Mm-hmm. They have been involved in actions against gay people since about 1991 when they sought a crackdown on homosexual activity at Gage Park, which is about six blocks away from the church. So do you want me to jump in and tell about when that started? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, So Gage Park was, like you said, about six blocks away from the church, but the founder of the church, who uh, was the grandfather of the woman who wrote the book I listened to, Fred Phelps, was a preacher, but at one point in his life, he was also a lawyer. Fred Phelps ended up getting disbarred 
and there's something fishy going on with that. But after he didn't have work to go to, he would get on his bicycle and ride it around town. And one of the places he'd always go to is Gage Park. And once while he was bicycling through Gage Park, he saw some adult men dating uh, in the bushes and was outraged and upset. And, you know, that was, you know, I don't know, late fifties, early sixties. So that is a very shocking situation in those days. Well, I think if I saw anybody dating in the bushes. <laughs> yes, I would have to agree with that. So he complained to everyone he could, the police, they couldn't really do anything about it. Then the uh, town hall and all that, nothing could get done. So he's, since he didn't have a job, he thought, well, I know we'll just go down there and we'll pick it and get people to listen to us so that we scare the gays away from that area. So that's how that started. So they switched parks. Yeah. Or bushes, whichever. Yeah. And done. Um, I, I like, I liked um, something else that was in here. The, the whole idea that he was disbarred, it does, it makes him sound like um, he was less competent than he was, but he was, really big and active, um, taking on the Jim Crow establishment and, and very effective. And I like that in one interview, Megan said something like he, he believed that all men were created equal. So he was out there fighting for the rights of black people. That was what really surprised me. And right. It was the same with Jim Jones of, Jonestown when he was in California. You know, these men are extremists and cult leaders, but you can point to things that they did that were great for society. And that's the whole thing about when he was a lawyer and he was doing, he was like the first one in the Topeka, Kansas area who was doing these things about, uh, Jim Crow and early civil rights cases. And so when he was disbarred, that was what was fishy because they had gotten so many threats and things screamed at them. And then people wanted him out of office and not to be practicing law because yeah. it was making trouble for them and the status quo in the town that, you know, he could have been disbarred for things that other a lawyers wouldn't have been. Is that the right word for that? Yeah, maybe. Or at least, yes, some things that other people would have done usually. So it was about that he was really rude and all that to a witness, which he was, but it wasn't something that usually was getting other people disbarred at the time. So... Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like they wanted him out because they wanted to continue along their hateful ways. Yes. Then he surprised them and hated a lot of people. <laughs> I'll beat you at that. <laughs> so, so the church that he founded is Westboro Baptist. And you can't, okay, first of all, you can't be a dummy to have a degree in law. We're, Don't you agree? Most. <laughs> Uh, yes. And so he has one, and I think his daughter does as well, mm -hmm. Shirley Phelps Roper, and then that's Megan's mom. So this this is not a, a church, you know, founded by dummies. Yeah, this isn't like deliverance, which everyone tries to pretend Westboro is, a bunch of hillbilly right. backwards people. Right. Right. So... Their, their main beliefs, here's what, here's what I know. Their main beliefs, the members believe in the Calvinist theology, so that has to do with predestination. 
and it means believing that all disasters and catastrophes come from the hand of God. Yep, and they believe that warning people about sins is a loving act. I just find it crazy that they go about it in three words, <laughs> I know. you know, on a piece of paper. Well, that's the thing. And that's, it's so meanly. Yeah, that's the thing that really, when I heard her say it, it started making more sense because, okay, first of all, God hates fags is just a very easy to put on a sign. They can't right. be like, God does not like homosexuality. You know, that's too many words. And then you get those big banner ones that you see people carry. So they were just doing the plain old three word signs. But and you've got to get your message tight. Exactly. So that it can fit on a sign. A and then I guess you just get and you get people interested in what your message is and then they seek you out. Right. And so that's really what she was getting across is that she really believed and most of them really believed that they were loving people by telling them what they're not seeing in life. And the only way to do that is with, you know, something that gets them emotionally wrapped up in it. And so if you see them smiling and laughing, which I found a lot of photos of them doing that while holding the signs in the book, Megan talks about that was the day which they did, you know, two, three times a week. Those were the days when they get to see their cousins. So they were catching up on everything that had nothing to do with the signs they're holding. They were just, you know, that's when they talked about whatever they wanted to. And that wasn't their main thing. When they were home or when they were in church, it was definitely more loving and about love. And they weren't talking, you know, about how everyone's going to hell all the time. That wasn't their main focus then. This was just a smaller part of it. So so the way they saw picketing was the way you and your missionary friends saw doing those pantomimes. (laughs) Okay, let's not (laughs) bring this into it. Um, Absolutely. You think of 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 an action to take and you go out and you do it in a group. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you do anything in the name of Jesus, it's okay. That's me being cynical. I'm sorry. It's absolutely right. Yeah. So, so this is a bunch of, you know, they're, they're smart people. They're giving birth to smart kids Mm -hmm. who can reason and put things together. And then at some point, you know, I don't understand what the numbers obsession with a lot of these pastors is all about. However, when you read that the Westboro Baptist Church only has 80 members, right? you've got to think their message isn't getting across. <laughs> or, it's, <laughs> or it's getting very across because there are 80 people and the world knows who they are. Which but no one else is joining. Right, right. <laughs> they And they believe that they have the right way of thinking. Don't we all? Out of the whole world, I know. these 80 people yep. are the only ones who have figured it out. You know what I want to know, and I bet listeners will know, there are tons of other people who show up at places. So I have a picture of me with two guys and they were holding up all those signs and they showed up at like uh, downtown. We have this lovely little, you know, festival day and there the idiots are. And so I got a picture with them and looking, you know, making fun of Westboro people. Well, that's the thing. Westboro cannot be in all these places. So I think they have like sister churches or churches that copycat, right. And want to sort of work with them because I watched some film about them. And I think there was another church that sort of wanted to work with them, but then they found out the leader of that church 
was divorce and remarriage. There we go. Like, no, we can't. <laughs> like, nope. Yeah. So and we'll get to more. We'll get to a little bit more of that later with, you know, when people fuck up and how they deal with that. Um, so Megan, back to Megan, she became the social media rep for the church. And she just decided to take the message to the digital world. So she was on Twitter and spreading the message of the church on Twitter. Um, And she was telling Joe Rogan on his podcast that they somehow filmed as well, which was great. Um, She was telling him that one person on Twitter started talking with her and kind of gently asking her questions that were challenging the beliefs. And that's how she started rethinking her beliefs. And Joe Rogan goes, wow, something good actually got done through Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> Which I thought you would like. And Twitter I, has such a reputation for being snarky like that. But I wrote that down too. Like I am a big social media fan and mm-hmm. when people aren't, um, I sort of roll my eyes, but not that they aren't, but when they talk about all the, the, you know, that it's a hundred percent terrible. I roll my, Oh my gosh, of course not. Yeah, exactly. And this, it's a hundred percent awesome. If you, (laughs) yeah, well, if you, if you curate, you know, things that are happy and positive that she curated, which no, no, which is interesting. She let other voices in and yeah. she changed her mind, essentially. Yeah. Which goes and against, slowly. Yeah. And so she started talking to somebody. I think his name was David. And I love this because this is totally you. She started asking him about Jewish theology so that she could better argue with him yeah. because she was sure that they were wrong. Which is how I fell out of Christianity. Yeah, so she was trying to build her argument. I love that. So, Twinsies Megan. <laughs> so he asked her about the sign that they had that said death penalty for fags. And she hauls out a verse from Leviticus. And it just seems like Leviticus gets dragged around a lot when when the mm-hmm. hatred is is out there. Um, Leviticus. <laughs> um, so he asked her, uh, he said to her, okay, so Jesus said that he who is without sin cast the first stone. And she said, well, we aren't casting stones. We're preaching words. And then he said back to her, but you're advocating that the government cast the stones. And she said she had never thought of it that way. And then he went on to ask about one of the church members who had a child out of wedlock. And people were always throwing that in their face, she said. And she said, yeah, but that person repented and um, and doesn't do that anymore, you know, having kids out of wedlock. Right. And his reply to her was, well, if you kill them, then they wouldn't have had a chance to repent. And she was just floored mm-hmm. with the, you know— the logic, logic flaw there. Yeah. So. Well, that's fascinating is that now that you mentioned that, because for me, being a missionary is what helped me have distance from the church. <laughs> yeah. I was overseas in a non-Christian thing. And distance allows you to see something as an outsider yeah. would. And so her place was Twitter. Like that was her distance making yeah. community. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, good, yep. Good, and good. then she ended up meeting her husband as a result of a conversation that went on for a long time on Twitter as well. Um, and this was the funniest thing to me. Um, uh, and it was funny when she was talking to Joe Rogan about it. Um, did you hear her interview with Terry Gross from Fresh Air? completely serious no, like no. there was absolutely no levity in that interview whatsoever i saw megan is it roper phelps or phelps roper roper phelps roper i saw her ted talk oh, that was okay. released like last year very quickly after she left i think yeah 
Um, and yeah, so, so talking about marriage, she was telling Joe, she never actually thought she would get married and she had just resigned herself to never getting married. And he was like, why not? And she, she said, because most of the members of the church were actually our blood relatives (laughs) and they couldn't marry outsiders. (laughs) My God. hilarious with anyone who's ever been in youth group that's what you feel like anyway everyone has dated everyone yeah (laughs) well (laughs) have not been have someone approach you in youth group saying I just want to ask you your blessing if I could would you mind if I dated the last person Mm, you did yeah (laughs) like have at it Mm -hmm. um so So the leaders of the church, like I had mentioned before, they're attorneys and very book smart, obviously. Um, I also think that they argue to win their points, not necessarily argue to have a thoughtful conversation where things can actually be debated. So she went to her mother and her mother quoted back the verses to her. I guess she hauled out Leviticus, (laughs) Um, but her mom did not address the contradiction. And what she was questioning. So her mom just shut her down. And to me, that's how lawyers win cases. They Mm -hmm. argue something that's not quite the right rebuttal. Right. And, but they act like they have. Yeah. (laughs) And they get people sidetracked. Um, but shutting people down, that's exactly what happened to me and Mm -hmm. why I switched schools and why, you know, you I are the way you slid. Are now. That's mm-hmm. why I slid so far back. <laughs> um, so the the tough part of it too is that's how our friends fight on Facebook, or at least our old friends from church who are defending exactly their very churchy things. And it's always, I mean, it's a running joke that everything they argue about is God, guns, and politics. <laughs> Right. And that's it. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And then they get really mad and they're all, yeah, they spout off their same things. Um, yeah. Unless they're a very Democrat friend, calls you a Republican and then shuts you out. Right. Um, but the whole shutting down thing is just, you know, I think a nice way to manage your kids. Um, oh, also her mom had... 11 kids. Right. So also, I don't think I mentioned it before, but the person in the church, in the church who was, uh, having a kid out of wedlock, I think that was her mom that they said that her first son was born out of wedlock. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. So let's see. So they've got 11. The oldest son had left. The church, too. She definitely um, wasn't the first one to leave the church. She she wasn't the first. So the, out of the 11 kids, four of them have left the church. Yeah. Okay. So in a, on a Channel 4 documentary, Phelps Roper said on camera that her oldest son, Samuel, was born out of wedlock. When asked if she would go to hell for her actions, she explained that I know better and had put away such behavior. So how is it okay for her to get a second chance, but they want to kill gay people? Yeah, and that's it. Like, they'll never see the connection. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because it's so close to them, and they just feel right is right, and... Yeah. One of the hopeful things that Megan said, and I don't, I haven't read the book, but what she said to Terry Gross is the little tiny things that she's been saying to her mom along the way, every now and then she's heard them. And I think her mom altered a sign that she was using. Mm -hmm. And she felt like those little tiny victories are just, you know, enough for her right now. All right, so whenever Megan said when she was considering leaving the church, she felt a very strong pull every time she would find an inconsistency. So knowing that it would go against everything that she had been taught and all the leaders, including all of her family and her mom and her grandfather, um, she would discuss it with her sister. And her sister would say, yeah, you're right, that doesn't make sense. 
Um, so anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because that is why I think having you, Karen, to be like my sister in this journey has been something that I'm very grateful for because I think you have some logic. Well, (laughs) you know, no, it's, it's absolutely crucial to have like people to bounce things off of. Cause again, you get that distance or you get that like, you know, um, just someone who isn't trying to argue back and right. down, yeah. And maybe don't necessarily agree with every single thing you say, but they can question it at the same time. Right. Um, so she and her sister talked about leaving and they kept trying to question the behavior of the members of the church. Um, when they decided that they were finally going to make a break for it, they, she said they spent about a month packing up boxes and then they would take them over slowly to their English teacher's house. <laughs> they had right. been friends with. Yeah. Because like, she said, and I mean, English teachers are awesome, whatever. That <laughs> the English teacher at the school, because they went to public school, and she said, there's, it's not, there's nothing like, you know, going to school and then not eating lunch with everyone because have a sign and pick it in front of your school. Um, <laughs> so she, she said, but the English teacher always would ask her different things about the church, but never accusatory, never making fun. Yeah. And so she felt like he was a safe person. So right. thank you, teachers, for being the safe people. I know. I think that's so nice. And then, um, you know, they leave with pretty much nothing. Um, I think she said she had a cousin who... Do you want to take this what? one? <laughs> How about this one now? <laughs> Some blank cardboard and pieces of wood. Um, uh so, so that's how they got out. Um, I also like this one little tidbit that I picked up. <laughs> Members of the group intended to picket the March 2015 funeral of actor Leonard Nimoy, but were unable to find the location. <laughs> I was disappointed. Oh, he was an outspoken atheist, wasn't he? That's right. I'm like, why were they going to... Yeah. Um, and how much money it costs for them to travel to all those places. They talked about that too in something, but um, I think she admitted how much it cost. The mother. Uh, I bet it was a lot. Shocker. The church in the last few years was going through or is going through some big changes. Back to the leader. If you ever look up, this Fred Phelps guy, he's the person that looks exactly like you think he will in a cowboy hat, smiling big, holding up terrible signs. Hmm. He's dead. Correct. Um, <laughs> so he went to Bob Jones College, which is super, super conservative. And before that, though, he was out in Pasadena, or maybe it was out. Oh, he dropped out of Bob Jones College. Sorry. And he mm-hmm. went out to California and he became a street preacher preacher. And while he was attending John Muir College in Pasadena, hold on. I have this gook. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks. I I, pro- I would have jumped to that conclusion. <laughs> while he was attending John Muir college in Pasadena, he was actually in an issue of Time Magazine because they did a story on him because he would lecture fellow students about, quote, sins committed on campus by students and teachers, including promiscuous petting, evil language, profanity, cheating, teachers' filthy jokes in the classroom. (laughs) College ordered him to stop saying, you know, you can't teach religion on a public school campus, and so he moved across the street. Yeah, but go California, because they really, they 
enforce that shit. Yeah, no. Which is not shit. No, they do not in Tennessee. Um, I don't know if you know, last month, the governor of Tennessee declared, I think it was October 10th, a day of fasting and prayer for the state. So, yeah, it's insane. Um, And ACLU, I'm sure... Please get after that. So if it's fasting and prayer, Chick-fil-A is screwed, and it needs to happen on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Fine. All right. So uh, Phelps was the head of this church, the the grandfather of Megan, and in the last few years, Megan's mother, who is the daughter of Pastor Phelps, she is surely, yeah, she surely is. She was also a lawyer, and she, yet, uh, if you ever saw her interviewed, to me, she was scary. But her daughter, Megan, who now I believe everything Megan says because I love her to death, uh, said she was really a kind hearted, sweet woman. She did everything, organized, you know, all the babysitting routines for the kids in the, the church, and just did everything. And all we got to see was the picketing lady with her mouth open, right, you know, right, and exactly. a crappy sign. Yeah, and I mean, I saw her interview, and she she it would intimidate me, but she got uh, reprimanded and disciplined by the leaders of the church, and it was a real shock because by then I think Pastor Phelps was sick you know, and he was up there in age. And so she, like, wasn't allowed to do anything in the church anymore. And there was some new people who had come in, and I think there was a bit of a juggling of power that was going on, and they ended up ousting Fred Phelps. So for the last, I guess, year of his life, he wasn't even in the church. And Megan and her sister, who had fled, ended up going and finding him in an old folks home. Oh, my God. He hadn't had anyone visiting him. Really? Yep. And he died himself. And, you know, they had totally... Everyone had turned their backs on him and they saw him and they, you know, they're like, after everything, we just knew we, we wanted to see him before he died. And they said, very loving and sweet. And then, um, I think they tried to go back and see him, but by then they had caught wind and they had shut down um, any visitors from seeing him. The church did. So no oh one, that means he just died in there alone after all that. And then she had 11 children. The daughter did. No, Shirley. Yeah, Shirley. Megan's mom. Right, right. 11. I know. I mean, we talked a couple weeks ago about having babies to get your congregation numbers up. I know. Even if four leaves though, I mean, the numbers are still on their side. Did you know that she's banned from entering the United Kingdom? Oh yeah. For fostering extremism or hatred. It makes sense to me. I know, but that's somewhere we can go. (laughs) Right. But that's the thing. So she's like on the outs now. Fred Phelps was, there's this new contingency that I think is popping up and it might be that they're being a little kinder with their signs. Um, I saw, I don't know if I already said some of the signs are holding now are like go and sin no more. God right. have mercy on the merciful. And those are so much nicer than just the old run it, right. you know, God hates your face. Um, but, I mean, they're still mixed in there, but they don't have God it. hates your face. <laughs> no, that's a sign you made up. <laughs> I hear you all over that sign. Um, 
But yeah, it's totally, I hope it's falling apart. I mean, there are still people who join it because there's still hateful motherfuckers out there. But but 70 or 80 members. I know. And they I, just happen to be really loud. Exactly. They can't marry each other. So the best part, <laughs> of course, is the house across the street from the church. Oh. So... I can't remember which year it was. Here, let me look it up. <laughs> I hope you leave that in. Tick, 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 tap, tap. Okay. So right across from Westboro, a veteran purchased a house in March of 2013 for $81,000 and then painted it with a rainbow flag. <laughs> it's, it's a house that is one rainbow flag, and it's called now the Equality House, and because it attracted so much attention, it's now being turned into a, um, a LBGT museum. So you can go through it, you can stop, you can walk and go in it. And I know that they're trying to raise money all the time to keep it going. Uh-huh. But there are, let me see. Oh my God, I just Googled it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so pretty. It is. It's very colorful. Um, let's see. So they have had a gay wedding out on the lawn in front of a quality house right in front of the church. <laughs> and they're always like, you know, we're, we're neighbors and we act like neighbors. You right. know, I think they're somewhat kind to each other. I don't think there's a big animosity or anything. So it's things like that. You need people to step up like that. So Anyway, feel free to look up Equality House and Aaron Jackson if you want to support them, because that's a really worthwhile thing to do. If you have been in a cult and have escaped and have painted a rainbow house, write us your letters at deconversiontherapypodcast.com. We have a place you can send us funny, true letters to read on air. We try and do an episode about once a month now where we read those. And and if, your families count as cults. Uh, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> so, so feel free. I just, I just keep remembering that one uh, post on the Facebook group by the woman who went home and kept talking about what her mother was, you know, pushing down her throat. Exactly. I mean, uh, what, what people have to put up with is that's amusement in itself. Um, and we keep everything anonymous and, and whatnot. And find us on all them places we already told you about. And to the guy on Twitter, I hope you enjoy this ones. 